Right, Neil, if you're ready, we'll yep. go. We're recording now, so... Welcome to Brooklyn's Members TV and Podcasts. I'm Steve Clark, and I'm delighted to be joined this evening by a man that here at Brooklyn's needs no introduction, but I will. Please welcome Neil Trundle. Hi, guys. Hi. Welcome now, normally, to... Neil, you and I would be together. I'd be introducing you in a packed Napier room at the museum with a continued story of the ramblings of a racing man. <laughs> But the world's changed. We're online tonight, here yeah. to mark your formal retirement from McLaren after 33 years. Um, I've kind of um, been scamming my way through the last few months with you, yeah. and you'll find out why in a minute. Okay. Firstly, I want to introduce Angela Bell to the recording. Angela, welcome. And hopefully, um, there we go, Angela, well done. Great to see Hi, you. Hey. Angela, you've got, a few you've got a few words you want to say in welcoming uh, Neil to this intimate um, little recording session. Yes, I do. Thank you, Steve. Um, hello, Angela. Hello, how are you? You're a secret girl. It was difficult. It was difficult. <laughs> but I did want the opportunity to congratulate you on your retirement from McLaren's. Thank you. During the current times, we couldn't arrange a Suki-style party. Oh, yeah. We thought about the Albert Hall, but <laughs> I couldn't run this amazing retirement evening. But there's something you've said. You've said it so often. You have always said, I'm going to write a book one day. I've met so many wonderful people. So for a more personal touch, and a more long-lasting memento for your retirement, I started to make you a book. And along the way, I virtually met so many people that wanted to make sure they could send you fond wishes for your future and thank yous for your moments with them in the past. Oh, nice. You are always remembered as being a creator, a, a fixer and a master builder as Charles would say but more than that you're always thought of as being an amazing friend one who will always ask after your family not just as polite banter your memory for names faces and places has absolutely amazed me it always has so I shall guide you back to Steve to take you through your evening Thank you. Lovely. Well said. Thank you. And we're going to be here. We're going to be Neil. We're going to be hearing from Angela a little bit later on. Um, so Neil, by the wonders of modern technology, joining us in a virtual audience of thirty-plus friends and past work colleagues. Now I'm not going to say how they are right now, but a number of them I no doubt will be able to ask you some questions and talk to you during the recording. Okay. So let's get going and go way back to where this love of motorsport started. You did an apprenticeship with Fords in Dagenham yep. and then moved to work for Alan Mann Racing. How did that happen? Well, um, a pal of mine at uh, Fords in the, uh, we were in the Forge plant in the drawing office at the time. And um, he, um, we, were, we were passionate about racing. We did rallying, we were gonna be race drivers. And um, he managed to get a job at Coopers in Surrey. So we were Essex boys. He moved down to Surrey and worked for Coopers. I was, I'd moved out of the forge plant and I was in the prototype tool room doing work for East Anglian racing on the side, you know, a bit of moonlighting, but you know, Roger Taylor was the driver for East Anglian racing and his father was a director of Ford. So we were making lots of hooky bits in the, Ford prototype tour room. I was building my own race car, a Lotus 18. I'd had a Lotus 11 I was going to race, but I started building a single seater. And then Ray rang me up one day and said, look, there's a job going at Alan Mann. I know the foreman there, come down for an interview. And that was it. Fantastic. Ray said to me the other day, I opened, I opened the door and you walked through. So 
he made it happen. I got the interview and that started it off. Yeah. So who were the predominant drivers at Allen Mann at the time then, Neil? Okay, so we built a beautiful F3L sports car, four three-litre. Um, uh, Len Bader was the designer. Uh, Mo Gong did all the body work. It's the most beautiful race car. Bit unstable. Drivers of that car were Frank Gardner and yeah. Chris Irwin. Frank Gardner was an amazing character. Sadly, Chris Irwin crashed at the Nürburgring. The thing it did, um, one of the, like Mercedes did, it flew off over a, as he was rising a crest flat out. It flew off and landed in a ditch, and Chris was um, injured, um, and he just never recovered from it. He was always brain damaged. Um, so that's what I started working on. Frank Garner, what a character, yeah. Australian, yeah, good driver, drive anything. <laughs> So your next move was to motor racing developments at Waylock Works in Newhall. That's where, it. Where um, Ron Dennis was already looking after Jochen Rint's Formula 2 car. Tell yeah. us about the Brabham days and your memories of the late black Jack Brabham and, of course, Ron Toronac. Okay, so I was only at Alamean for a few months and they started to lay people off. They were closing down. I walked down the road. I'm, I walked into Ron Toronac's office and said I would like a job. He sent me down for an interview and he said, okay, what can you do? I said, I can turn, I can weld. He said, all right. I said, I'd like to get on the race team app. He said, the only good race mechanics are New Zealanders and Australians. <laughs> well, I went into the production shop and within a few months I was working in the evenings for nothing on the race team. Ron Dennis was a mechanic to Yock and Rint. So Jochen had driven for Coopers in Formula One. He moved to Brabham's. This was 1968. And um, Ron came with him to Brabham's. So Ron was already on race team. I started working in the evening. I did a couple of races. And before long, I was on the race team. Ron and I became buddies. Um, we socialised together. And, I mean, racing was so different. Blackjack was a fantastic mechanic as well as driver. Jochen was another um, Senna uh, or Schumacher or Lewis. Jochen was, he was fearless and very quick. We had a Repco engine, a V8 Repco, which was a sort of copy of the DFB, but it wasn't reliable. We only, we only finished um, one race, that Nürburgring in the wet. That was the famous race that um, Jackie Stewart won by four and a half minutes. We finished third and fifth, I think. The, the engine was all, it had inherent problems. But um, it was a great season, 68, um, 69. We have Jackie X and Jack, and Jackie X finished second in the championship. We put the DFV in the back of, it's worth pointing out, that car was the last space frame Formula One car. Everyone else was going monocoques, and that was the BT26, and it ran for two years, 68 and 69. 68 with the repo. 69 with the DFE. It was a great car, handled well, dangerous as hell, fuel tanks each side, um, no rubber bags. I mean, so dangerous, but um, good car. And then 1970, we did the BT, um, Brabham BT33. Torinet was a, he was a great designer. If you could make it in mock-up, he could see it. He was a good visionary, but he, so we did the Monocoque in um, 1970 and Jack really should have won the championship. But uh, I guess rightfully, Jochen won it posthumously. Um, Jack had a couple of non-finishers, Brands Hatch and Monaco, and they were a bit painful to take. But for those, he would have won the championship. He was still at 45, he was still on it, still as quick sure. as ever. Yeah. I've often um, thought, Neil, that that building down at Newhall ought to have a blue plaque on it. You're right. It's still there. It is. I was going to. I was going to do a little book on on all the um, all the workshops around Surrey and uh, that were involved in racing in those days. Yeah. Um, if I write my book, the the buildings are still there. I still walk down there sometimes or drive yeah. down. Yeah. The shed, the porter cabin's still there that uh, he designed the cars in. And it's worth mentioning, 1970 was when Gordon Murray joined and started his career, South yeah. African. He was, um, I mean, he, look how he progressed. So it was a foundation for many good designers. Ralph Bellamy, a New Zealander who designed the ground effect Lotus 78. So good ground in there. Fantastic. 
So in 71, you and Ron set up Rondell Racing, running a F2 Brabham, and then your yeah. own car in 73. Heady days, right. I guess, yeah. and the foundation for what things were to come. Um, I'm going to ask Angela to read out um, an email from an old friend of yours, Tony Whitburn, who can't be with us tonight, but uh, we've spoken at length. So Angela yeah, is there with Tony's email. Hi, I'm just going to read it for you. Um, just as an aside, back in 1971, Rondell's first F2 season, yes. I received a call from Neil. Correct. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Practice on Saturday, race on the bank holiday Monday. Correct, yeah. Neil told me that Ron was in hospital, badly injured after a crash in his E-type Jaguar. Correct. Neil was back at their very small workshop in Cranley with one damaged Brabham and one with engine issues. Could I help? We worked all Saturday night and Sunday raced on the Monday with Graham Hill and Tim Schenken as drivers. I ended up with Graham at the Savoy Hotel for a team dinner, courtesy of Rondell's sponsors, Tony Whitburn. Correct, fantastic. Did I say the name right? I've been practicing yeah. that for an hour. Yeah, Tony is a good friend. And I still keep, I spoke to Tony last week, but he didn't let on about um, this. He was under severance of death, okay. Right. So, to, uh, there are a few people like that as well. So following that, uh, Neil, you moved to Token and Token Formula One. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so Rondell um, survived three years. I mean, amazing three seasons. We, were, we weren't leaders in pace, but in terms of presentation. So when Ron was injured in his E-type crash, um, he took to more on the management side but our image was everything, as it's always been with Ron. Mm. So unfortunately, um, the fuel crisis of 1973, our sponsor's motor oil poured out, and we were left. Um, Tony Vasopulo was our chairman and our initial sponsor. Um, Tony couldn't support the racing anymore from his private uh, funds, and uh, so we folded, end of 73. During 73, we were building what was going to be the Rondell Formula One car. And uh, when we folded, Tony Versopido and Ken Robb decided to pull the car out of what was left of the assets and um, formed Token Racing. So Token being Tony and Ken. Um, we had to find a driver. Tom Price had been driving for us in 73, very promising upcoming driver. And Chris Meek, the late Chris Meek, great friend of ours you know right up until he passed away a couple of years ago he sponsored tom and we formed token racing chris lewis and myself two mechanics from rondell moved across with tony and ken and we built the car in a little workshop in hersham and we didn't sleep i swear we didn't sleep a four nights sleep at home for three weeks we built the car and we raced at the daily express trophy at silverstone um, we had a, a failure on the car. I mean, we put it together, you know, with, with no sleep. So there were a few mistakes. The gear linkage came apart, actually. You know, we didn't have Loctite in those days. And um, so uh, Tom didn't finish that race. We went to Zolder and he was running really strong. And he had a, well, you can tell how good he was going. He had to come in together with Schecter and got a puncher. And um, so we didn't finish that race. The team wound down through lack of funds, um, but primarily because Tom, uh, we couldn't get an entry for Monaco. This is, I mean, this is a key part, and it'll be in my book, which I am writing, but we went, we couldn't get a Formula One entry for Monaco. So Tony Versopolo, he was involved in a Formula Three team as well called Pertamina Racing. So we were sponsoring um, some guys in F3. We kicked um, the guy out of his Formula 3 seat, put Tom in for the Formula 3 race instead. He couldn't get an entry for the Formula 1, and Tom blitzed the race. I'm mechanics on the car. I worked another all-nighter. Um, Tom won the race, and he was immediately stolen by Shadow. And, um, and so the team folded. Um, without Tom, you know, there was no point carrying on. I went to Tyrrell then. Funny you should say that. I've um, just... 
realised that you uh, moved to Tyrrell and worked on the P-34 six-wheeler. That's right. Um, Rumour has it you were the first person to drive it. How did that happen? So I moved uh, middle of 74. We folded the team. I was pretty um, worn out. I mean, I was probably close to, uh, to a breakdown. So I rang uh, Ken up and um, I said, you know, I've been working on the token. I want to do prototype work. And he said, okay, come down. We need, um, we need a development department. So um, I moved to Tyrrell, 74. I, I did the 007 car, and I, um, which ran for two years. And then um, we developed the six-wheeler. Um, it was a wild uh, idea. Um, I was the prime builder of it, I guess, with um, uh, Peter Turland and a few other guys. We cut the front off a four-wheel car and created this um, six-wheeler. There were no drivers available to test it for the first brake test, and I had a race license. I'd done a bit of Formula Ford racing. I had a race license, and um, Derek, Gar um, Derek Gardner and uh, Ken said, well, you can drive the thing on the straight. So I did the, all the brake testing at Silverstone. Amazing, you know? But then I ought to mention that back in 68, we used to drive Formula One cars from a garage in the town of Zanville out to the racetrack through the traffic lights along the roads. So it was nothing, you know, to drive an F1 car, not at speed around the circuit, obviously. No. Marvellous. Um, incidentally, uh, Trudy Coughlin sends her regards. She'd love to have been with you. She remembers you from the several oh, yeah. days and uh, yeah. she's, she's dug out some photographs, which uh, we will put in the recording um, so you can see those as well. Fantastic. Yeah. So Trudy, Trudy was secretary then, or we were. She was. Such a good team down there. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Uh, happy days. Down at the woodyard. Yeah. So, Project Four Days arrived, and then Neil Trundle Racing. Tell us about that. Okay. So, um, I was working my socks off for dear Ken, um, very much part of the family. And um, Ron was, Ron reformed after the finish of Rondell. He formed the year after with some Marlborough money. John Hogan of Marlborough, who was um, involved with us at uh, Rondell as a fund, a fundraiser, you know, a sponsorship finder. He left us, or when we folded, and went to Marlborough. And Ron um, called on that connection again, and Ron set up the following year. So Project One was Ron's first team. Project Two and Project Three were Ron's Marlborough Formula Two team starting again and eventually ended up Project 4. Um, so in 76, I was doing a bit of moonlighting for Ron in the evenings. I was going around to his workshop, helping him to fit engines, doing welding for him. And he said, why don't you come and join us again? We're on the up. That was 1976. So I left Tyrrell, sad to go. And um, they were, I think, sad for me to leave. But they, they thought I was off to Ventures New again. So Project 4 was on the up. Ron was, uh, again, creating this image and uh, this foundation for what was to become a great team. So we were running um, Formula 3 car for Stephen Johansson with Marlborough Money. We were running um, Chico Serra and Andrea De Cesaris, De Cesaris with Marlborough Money. We ran Nicky Lauder in the Pro Car Series. When we were at Project 4, we built 36 Pro Cars. Ron got a contract from BMW and we did a production line in this little workshop on the mezzanine. We built 34 pro cars. That was Ron's real um, link with Marlborough. Nicky Lauder winning the pro car championship. So Ron and Marlborough were very much um, uh, tied in together. And um, in 1979, we uh, persuaded John, Ron and I sat down to dinner in Shobham with John Barnard. And Ron said, we're going to build a Formula One car. Ron said, we've got to meet Barnard and we've got to convince him to join us to design a Formula One car. And that was the start of what was going to be the Rondell Formula One car. Yeah. Which changed the history of Formula One. Mm, indeed. Which... 1987, you joined Ron at McLaren. Yeah. And as I say, the rest is history. Yeah. 
um, in those early days brought success to McLaren. You especially love of the MP44 car and of course your relationship with Senna and you became Senna's mechanic. Yes, good. Hey, Pete. Hello, Neil. Can you hear me? Yes, there you go. Looking as young as ever. Exactly. Well, you should see the picture I've got in the background. That's getting older. I've got Cheers to you. Coming at the right moment, I think. Yes, glass of wine. You haven't got a beard exactly. now. You didn't have a beard for a while. Oh, right. No, that's right. When I joined McLaren as young marketing type in 85, yeah. Yeah. I was in awe of meeting the Dell in Rondell. Oh, thank you. <laughs> when I started going regularly to the races was the time you were brought back in. I think that was the Senna's chief mechanic. That's it. And you're always approachable and very kind to a young greenhorn. And I remember clearly the uh, Suzuka. And yeah. uh, when Ayrton tried to or overtook, had his little kissing with uh, Alan. 89. Yeah, that's the right. They kept coming in and changing the nose. And I just remember, because I was there with, with all the other guys and changing the nose and the kerfuffle that went. And he should have won the race. Of course he should. He was disqualified for the wrong re reason. He was disqualified for going down the escape road, which, yeah. which afterwards in review you were allowed to do. What he should have been disqualified for was a push start, but actually they were pushing him out of the way, and then he cunningly rolled down the hill. He yeah. he, but I, I can't take I can't take it away from Alain because he won the championship, and I I had mixed feelings. We had two we had two um, presentations we had to do to uh, the, the Penta Hotel in London, and then we did it two days later in Adelaide to. When Ron was explaining in very humorous ways about how the Ayrton was only avoiding getting on the track. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry about the moustache, but some yeah. of us have to uh, try and look a bit younger. Well, I was going to, I was going to cut mine off for November. <laughs> uh, Brilliant. Good. I wanted, wanted to say, and also a very great thanks to Angela because she's been, she's been spectacular behind the scenes here. Absolutely. She's a marketing girl, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we, we, I spoke with Angela and I've got a title for your book. How about that, this? Okay, try me. Old, old racers never retire. They just find another way of expressing themselves. Brilliant. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, you know, thanks, thank Neil. You, Take care. All the best. Nice thank you, you very mate. much. Be good. Okay. Stay safe. Yeah. Okay, um, just getting back onto the plot. Um, so after the 88-89 season, you bowed out of the traveling Formula One circus and became he um, head of the home base transmission department. That's um, right. And yeah. then the heritage part of the organization looking after bygone legends, yep. Pan Am cars through to the M8 and M23. Right. It must have been some great fun those years. The racing years? Or the, the heritage well, years? Both, well, really, Neil. Well, I guess yeah, okay. the, let's talk about the racing years first. Okay. Just, I'd just like to go back on that uh, um, 80, 80, 81 amalgamation with Ron and McLaren. Yeah, because sure. Because at, um, at Project 4, we were building the F1 car. And that, uh, I mean, it shouldn't be um, forgotten that that was the start of carbon chassis in Formula 1. John Barnard um, and I went to uh, British Aerospace and they convinced us that we should build a carbon chassis. That was going to be the um, the Project Four Formula One car, which uh, when Ron amalgamated with Marlborough and McLaren became MP41, the same car, and that changed history. Um, I remember that chassis right from its um, birth through to the mould and Hercules making the chassis and it coming back and all the drill jigs. And I remember the day we twisted it and how stiff and rigid it was. So that was a breakthrough. I, I regret, uh, when we amalgamated with McLaren's 1981, well, we actually amalgamated, the official sign-up date was October 80, I think. When we amalgamated in 81, I stayed on for a while. I built the wind tunnel at Teddington, or fitted it out. And then I got the chance to run an F3 team. I'd like to mention my F3 team, which ran for three years and was a fantastic experience, running my own team. Pam and I, you know, she hosted the caravan and fed the guys. Little outfit, along with Dick Bennett's and all the other um, guys that wanted to be the Ron Dennis's and run their own teams. 
I thought I was going to progress up to F2 and who knew where. But, but I ran the F3 team and it was good fun with Thierry Tesson. We chased Palmer in 81 for the championship. Where were you based at the time, Neil? Locally yeah, so still? Ron Toronet kindly um, let me have his workshop in Paul Road, which is where he started building the Rolts again. Yeah. Ron Dennis helped me a lot with all his old F2 equipment and truck and I set up overnight. I set up with Mexican money. I went out to Mexico. I signed the contract within weeks and, and within um, three weeks I'd, I'd got a race car and I'd set up the team. So I did that for four years and then I rejoined McLaren's. It says 33 years but I actually rejoined in 85 uh, as, as self-employed for two years. So it shows me on the books 87 as 33 years service but I actually joined 85. I joined to fit out what was the um, you, uh, the technology centre in Shearwater. I fitted out the factory for a year with Alan Fenn. 87, I went back on the team as travelling Fabby. And 88, Ron asked me to be chief mechanic. So that was my lead back wow. into it. So, yeah, the last few, um, last 10, 20 years, um, development of all the gearbox gearboxes that have, I mean, the gearboxes now and nothing like a Hewland that we started racing with. The technology has moved on massively. You know, everything is sensors and computers and not the hard, raw edge of a guy changing gear, you know. I'm not sure. I mean, I could get on to talking about racing development over the years. I could talk for hours. But um, so the heritage, um, the last few years in heritage, joined by my friend Indy Lal, we've um, rebuilt beautiful cars. We've done... Um, Goodwood Festival, we've done the revival, and, and that's really, I guess, my passion still there. Yeah. I do Classic Monaco every two years with Roll Go from the golf team. Um, I do it, I get a bit of pocket money, but we're all weekend warriors. There's loads of F1 guys go down there just to be part of that historic scene in Monaco. Fantastic. Now, as I said at the beginning, uh, Neil, we've got quite a few other people. Anyone wants to contribute? Um, uh, to Neil's evening. You're very welcome. Tim's there ready to let you in. Uh, someone has to be first. So, uh, so sure people are watching. Are people wa How many people are watching this? Um, well, I'm looking at 19 people at the moment. Oh, really? Um, I didn't realise that. I thought it was just you and I and we were going to record this, but there's people live watching. Good. Um, well, they're actually, yes, they are. And someone's just waving now. So uh, I'll let Tim do his bit. We're going, oh, Richard West. Hey! Okay. He's another marketing star, along with Peter Burns. Hello, mate. Can you hear me okay? Yes, Richard. How are you? I'm very, very good, Neil. It's great to see you and great to hear about those early days. Nice like, to see like, you. Colours changed a bit over the years, but there we are. <laughs> You're supposed to shave that off for Movember. Yeah, I know. If I shave that off, you can see all three chins, so I don't do it anymore, but there we well, are. Well, we've, we've done some good events together. You hosted the, uh, the, yeah. the Bravo one down in the, the hotel. Yes, indeed. Yeah, what indeed. a great event that was. Thank you very much indeed. That was Matthew Jeffries and myself who really... Yeah, beautifully done. We still talk about it now, but listen, I just wanted to say to you, you're talking about that period of the 80s when you joined from 85 through to 88. Yes. I was obviously with you then as sponsorship coordinator. And as I said well, to Angela, talking to her, whenever there was a bit of friction or sometimes the pressure from dear Ron would get a little bit too much, you were always there to have a word. In fact, the only telling off you ever gave me was in a nightclub in Montreal when I annoyed her, when I ignored a very pleasant young lady. And by the time you pointed me in the direction, she'd gone with somebody else. But that's the only, <laughs> that's the only sin that you ever committed to. We won't, we won't talk about too many of those. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I just want to say, mate, honestly, it was a massive, massive pleasure working with you in those 80s. And I, I do hope our paths cross at some time in the future. And well, I hope so. Time. Good you know, you. when you look at uh, the way Mercedes are now dominant, uh, we were, and it looks maybe a bit boring now. I hope we weren't boring then, but we were just as dominant, weren't we? Well, an employee of William said to me recently, he said, the days that we all had in the 80s and 90s should be in a book called Formula Fun. And I totally yeah. agree with him very much. Never. That's another good title for a book. Richard. Yeah, yeah. Great part of it. Thanks a lot, Neil. Nice to see you. Brilliant to see you. Brilliant Brilliant to see you, Richard. This is, um, yeah, I mean, this is a sign of the times of COVID. And here we are. I mean, this is for 
this is for Brooklands, for the club, and and for all our passions in motorsport. And, yeah, uh, well, we just thought we wanted to do something slightly different. Um, I think we've got Mark Franklin who wants to say something now. Hey, if we can. Um, Mark, he did all the patents for all our own cast gearboxing. Pattern maker extraordinaire. Well, I've lost your image, Mark, but you're still on. Uh, Andrews. Oh, I'm back on the bottom. I'm okay. Another yeah. retired man. Yeah. How are you, mate? Oh, brilliant. Good. Thank you. Um, first met you about just well, just under 30 years ago. As you said, we were doing the gearboxes. Um, a couple of us, four of us, were doing the gearboxes for you each year. Yes. Worked through a couple of night shifts on uh, 71, 72, I believe. Yep. Um, and I'm glad to be able to say that I would take, keep you, uh, hold you as a dear friend. Of course we are. And uh, we've had um, various other little um, projects we've looked, we've handled between us outside of work. Of course. Various people, yourself and your son and others. Yeah. And uh, just to say that you've been an amazing man and I wish you all the best in your retirement. Thank you, Mark. God bless you. And I'll see you for a Guinness soon, eh? Absolutely. As soon as okay. we get this Kurobi. Oh, what a crazy world. Anyway, we'll get through it. God Thank bless you. Thank you, Mark. I've now Thank got... You, Mark. Um, Right. Now I've got Maria um, ready to uh, come and talk to you, Neil. Hey, Maria! <laughs> Can you see me? Can you me? hear me? Hello, darling. How are you? How are you? I miss you. I miss you too. Looking up. Now we don't go to the restaurant. No one goes to the restaurant. We don't Since see you. Since Maria smile. left, you are, you are joining the, the pensioner. Ah, yeah, I was a pensioner a long time ago. <laughs> I was a pensioner 11 years ago. <laughs> yeah, when seven years ago I left. Okay, yeah, we miss you. Yeah. And you looked yeah. after us so well. And we had a lot of fun and nice conversation. We had a lot of fun, yeah. Nice, to, nice to see Peter. Yes, yeah. I know. Nice to see Angela as well. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Me Thank like, you very much, Maria. Anyway, all the best. Hi Neil, can you see me? Hey Damien, yeah. how are you mate? I'm alright mate. Well, you're, not, you're not booking anyone to travel anywhere at the moment, are you? <laughs> no, no one's travelling anywhere. So um, my, I've, I've known Neil probably a lot less time than the rest of you. I met Neil about 12 years ago when I joined McLaren as the travel operations manager. So yeah. I've booked you to and from Monaco for your historic yes. trip. Yes you have. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. Down to uh, Pembrey. Yes. But my memories of you are just probably one of the most friendly, open people, some of the best stories, some of the ones you can't repeat. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my memory, my main memory of you is the fact I tried to drive my car in one day in heavy snow, opening mm -hmm. wipers, and you came out to try and help fix the electric motor for me in freezing I remember that. weather. <laughs> with, Ron, oh, with Ron Pellet's um, um, spanners, I think, if I remember yeah, rightly. That's right. Uh, oh, so no, it's just, just to say uh, thanks ever so much. Also, it's a Pam for borrowing her Wisley Pass. Might be asking for you that again. Okay. Now. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and good luck with the, travel, with the new travel business, yeah? Thank you very much, Neil. You're not travelling anywhere at the moment, are we? No. Uh, thanks, Damien. Thank Good to talk to you earlier. Yes, cheers, Steve. Are all okay, these I people Brooklyn's members? Are they all Brooklyn's members? No. Are they, they, no. No, they're coming on Facebook. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, we've got someone else now, I think, um, that wants to uh, contact you. Hey, Nikki. <laughs> Hiya, how are you? I'm okay, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. It's lovely to see your face. Nice to see you. We miss you. We miss all the normality of McLaren's and the restaurant and the chat and the just normality, don't we? Yeah. No, Crazy times. Very strange. Yeah. Anyway, you stay well. You are. Oh, <laughs> that's why those two are trouble, Steve. I just wanted to wish you all the best for your retirement. And thank you. you have introduced me to so many amazing people. 
and I think the highlight was being at Goodwood with you, where you yeah. got all in with you, introduced us to so many people, people that we never thought we would meet. It's been an absolute pleasure knowing you. And Thank you, Nikki. Really, really do hope that you enjoyed this book that Angela has made for you because she's wow. put so much hard work into it, oh. spent months and months doing this, and you will see when you get it all the people that have contributed and you will see then how much people really, really do appreciate you. Oh, amazing. Thank I, you, my love. I miss you too. It's a gift and it's just for you. So I really do hope you enjoy it. Thank you. God Thank bless. you. Well see, you soon. see you okay. soon. See you soon. Um, Amanda. Steve, Neil, I'm really sorry. We're having trouble. We cannot start our video. We have a oh. alien message and we're not sure what to do. I but I just wanted to to wish you all the best in your retirement, Neil. And you Thank are you. the exception to the rule in yeah. that the best mechanics only come from New Zealand and Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, Rob and I tried to prove that, but it cost us a lot of um, uh, lack of sleep and stuff. But eventually, I think we proved it. Thanks, Amanda. God bless to you and Stephen. Thank you for my birthday I've got present. Stephen here. I'm sure he wants to say something. Yeah, okay. Hope you had a great birthday in retirement. We look forward to catching up with you soon. Good. Well, have dinner. Thanks, Steve. God bless. Take care. Lovely to see you. And you. Thanks, oh. Stephen and Amanda. Um, Matthew yeah. Jeffries, you appeared on screen, so the floor yeah. is yours. Yeah. Hi, Matthew. Hello, Neil. How, How are you doing? doing? I'm all right. Uh, long time no see, but yeah. uh, just wanted to take the opportunity of wishing you a very happy retirement, Neil. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, I'm actually not, I'm, I'm only left McLaren's. I haven't officially kind of retired from working. I'm going to be working on any historic car I can. So, um, including, in, including McLaren's. Yes. Including McLaren's, but not for McLaren's. Yeah. yeah. Or, although we have an arrangement at McLaren's. I okay. Well, I'd be very pleased if you did that, but yeah, yeah. no, it's, uh, it's been great, uh, working with you over the years, Neil, uh, you've always been a great, uh, friend you've always been very supportive thank you Matthew you've always been a can-do kind of bloke you know how are we going to get this done yeah. and it's just a pleasure so thank you so much well you're one of the original team in the drawing office yeah number seven in, in JB's Num uh, yeah number seven in the list yeah great uh, Matthew thank you very much and it's an honor and pleasure to work with you I wish you all the best in your future career is still yeah. an ongoing career and you are an amazing artist oh that's very kind of you but uh, yeah. you see them in the background there yeah. <laughs> a, a hidden talent or late a late found talent well that's kind of you thank you thank you but, uh, I, I especially wanted to thank you neil for getting my triumph herald through its the mot in 1981 <laughs> You haven't uh, you hadn't mentioned that little episode in your career either. No, I haven't. Running the... What did we do? You have to remind me, so I put it in the book. So remind well, me later when I see you. Put it on Facebook. I, I, I've given my little story to Angela okay. for, for the book. Right. But I, I have a lasting uh, memory of, first of all, meeting you up at Silverstone when you were running, was it Alan Berg in your yeah. three team? Yeah, yeah. And then virtually the next week you appeared out of the workshop in that little garage down Albert Drive. That was it. When I wanted my Triumph Herald's MOT done. Ah, did you bribe me? Oh well, that's the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, God bless Matthew, thank you. See All you right. soon. All the best, Matthew. Founder, of the, founder of the mob he is, McCarran Old Boys. He's yeah, the mob. Yeah. Right. And hopefully Still Matthew... Going Hopefully, yeah. Matthew, will catch up as well soon. We've now got Simon Reynolds. Hey, buddy, how are, how are you doing? How are you in lockdown again? <laughs> it's good to see you. How, how's things? Good. How's family? All right? Really good. Yeah. You always encourage me to stay fit. So here at 76, you probably helped to keep me fit. You're not 76. You're I'm 70, no, well, I think I was. I can't remember. So, Simon. Clean living. What's your recollection of working with uh, Neil then? Oh, where do I start? Um, well, I mean, I was when I worked when I worked at McLaren. I, I started. I was really shy, and um, can't and, believe that. I, mean, I, I know. I sort of knew Neil well from the early days, really. Um, 
Um, so I, when I started there, I, I was taken under the wing by Aki Hintzer, who was the chief medical officer. And um, I, I effectively started working with him, with the young drivers. So Kevin Magnussen, uh, Nick DeFries, who's the current Formula 2 champion, and Stoffel Van Dorn were my, my kind of young drivers that I took from a, a younger age through to Formula 1. Yeah. Um, I worked with Hake Kovalainen in Formula 1, and, and then I looked after sort of nine, nine Formula 1 drivers at test and race events uh, during right. that period. Um, so, That's yeah, quite, quite a few drivers. Cool. Brilliant. Okay. Um, but yeah, Neil was. I always called Neil Legend because he obviously is a legend. Um, but I, I, sorry, say again. We're all legends in in racing. <laughs> I don't know about me, but you're definitely a legend, mate. Yeah, um, but yeah, Neil Neil always came down to the gym with guests, and I'd always come over. There's always normally normally some children in tow, so I would always put them in the little uh, the little uh, well, show them the little apparatus and fitness and. Yeah. and all that sort, of, that sort of stuff and he was uh he was always taking care of people which which i always uh remember neil for well, and, apart from, yeah apart from race cars that's the thing i enjoy is seeing people enjoy our passion for racing and um showing them around giving them a, an understanding of the sport that's what we enjoy doing don't we yeah, exactly. That's what I love doing too. And, and yeah. it, that's what it's all about. It's all about the youngsters that are coming through, which is the most important thing. Absolutely. Um, and, and the race bays, well, I always thought of Neil's little sort of um, boy's den, his little man cave. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> always there and always working on the uh, historic cars. Yeah. That's, how, that's how I always remember and will always remember Neil. Just it's, That's his domain. That was his area. And maybe, maybe, maybe within India as well, that was his area too. That's it. <laughs> Simon, look after yourself. Yeah, thank See you. Yeah, thanks very much. I really See appreciate it. Thank you for joining in. Oh, we've got Julian Grimwade popped up. Julian. Hi, Julian. Hello, Neil. How are you? Somebody told me that this crazy person a short while back took an electric boat up the Thames to the source of the Thames. You've got to do something in lockdown, haven't you? So that's what <laughs> I, did. I, did, I did nine days at four miles an hour. Did you run out of battery? Yeah, several times, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you should have had a big yeah. solar panel on the top, yeah. No, I, I prefer IC. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he didn't run out of wine, though. No, uh, no we were well, well, well provisioned. Well, well I'd like just, to, I'd run out of mine. <laughs> I'd like to thank you, Neil, for all the uh, wonderful talks you've done at Brooklands and the support you've done for us. That's been much appreciated. Thank you. And, and your talks have always been highlights of that program. And I, I think I've seen every one of them. So thank you for that. Thank and you, Jim. We met, I think, about 12 years ago. And I, I started racing, do you remember, in 2010 in yeah. uh, pre war cars. And we used to mess about at uh, Dunsfold. You had your back. I, I had my cars. And you were always very supportive. Uh, I started life, racing life, far too late. Uh, yeah at the age of 57 i've done 10 years now it's been a fantastic time you're pretty um, good I've, I've been okay uh, <laughs> but you've always been enthusiastic and very supportive and let's hope we meet somewhere soon messing about with us. likewise and i hope brooklyn's will get well we'll get through this but it's um it's just uh, keeping everyone together, all the Brooklyn's enthusiasts, until we open again. Yeah, we're, we're planning a big thing in May for Bentley's. It's uh, 100 years of Bentley's first race in May. Okay. So, uh, we're planning a big do there if we're allowed. So come along, we'll get you in some Bentley's and proper cars. Okay. Dangerous as hell. I watched, um, yeah, the, the Revival, when they race those cars open, I mean, no rollover bars. You flip one of those, and I think those guys are just brave as well, anything i was in one of those so yeah yeah i know <laughs> it was fun. Brilliant. I look forward to seeing you again so thank you Julian. thanks and, Julian. thanks and, for supporting the club so much yeah and uh we'll go back to angela now angela okay. you've got that uh, email to read out yes oh. i have a message from kerry taylor for you oh yes oh my goodness hi neil Unfortunately, I am not able to Zoom connect with you this evening, but I am sure it will be one to remember. Although, not having worked with you, I have certainly known of your reputation at McLaren as being a highly skilled engineer. For those of us that had the privilege of working with Bruce, 
Patty yeah. McLaren would refer to us as one of her boys. Yeah. Neil, I am absolutely certain that the years of service you have given to McLaren and your contribution to the McLaren legacy well and truly qualifies you as one of her boys. It was an absolute pleasure to catch up with you at the old boys lunch at MTC in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Wishing you all the best in your retirement and look forward to catching up again when this cozy COVID world allows us. Cheers mate, Kerry Taylor. Brilliant, thank you Angela. <laughs> Kerry Taylor, he started with um, Bruce, well he started with Jack first and then he joined Bruce McLaren. One of the one of those um, uh, Antipodean mechanics that um, all came over. First stop off the boat was McLaren or Brabham's. So, wow. yeah, great guy. Okay. And that brings us to this point. You've run out of your drink, haven't you? Yes. You're going to have to raise your glass anyway. I've got a drop left. I will raise my glass to you. The book currently is being printed. They have emailed me. The lockdown is not stopping them whatsoever. It is still really? being printed. It will be here in about one and a half, two weeks. That's and amazing. I really do hope you enjoyed your evening. Uh, it's been incredible. Thank you. I have a glass of wine from Pamela. Oh, lovely. Thank you, Pam. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, guys. It's been just fantastic. I think I'm going to start work again and retire again in another 10 years. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Really special. Really special. Each is. The McLaren adventure has ended. Yeah. And I hope you look forward to turning the page because the next chapter and the future is all yours to create. Thank you, Angela, and uh, to all the guys that. Uh, everyone else would point it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has done so much to organise this. Um, I think we've got one special guest now, Neil, that I'd like to bring in. Uh, yep. Ron is actually with us. Oh! You made great. it! He made it! Absolutely. I've been sorting out the American election. I've been a bit delayed. And what's <laughs> happened in the election? Uh, it's pretty close. So I think Biden will get it. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be incredibly close, which means there's going to be verbal conflict beyond all comprehension and in the courts i think the courts but i unfortunately feel there's going to be some pretty unpleasant stuff on the streets of america oh dear that's there's a lot of people trying to put calmness into it so hopefully that will uh, happen but actually this is about you neil okay. Ron. Uh, needless to say i'm not really joining this forum to um say um you know have a great retirement because i don't believe in them no I, nor do i i think that um whatever involvement you have in whatever organization uh, and both of us are similar in this way is sort of a chapter in the life yeah exactly uh, possibly you may even see something uh in, in a interview i did which actually when I was asked the question, yeah. what was the best moment of my whole experience with McLaren over those many years, I said, as I drove away on the 1st of June, 2017. And I think that there was a stunned silence from the uh, interviewer. Yeah. yeah. I said, you don't understand, do you? And he said, not really. I said, well, it just represented the full stop in that particular chapter of my life and yeah. uh, it was a sort of completeness and yeah. i think that uh, i strongly recommend that you approach uh, the future part of your life as i've done doing different things spending minimal time in the past looking to the future and enjoying the future That's as much as people feel we're rather mature and possibly haven't got a great deal to contribute uh, because of our age. The reality is far from the truth. Um, you have phenomenal knowledge uh, and that applies to you, Neil. Uh, 
you've always had fantastic values, dedication, commitment, friendship, trust, many, many things I could attach to your name. And I hope that you uh, feel that they're neutral. I hope they're neutral. Absolutely mutual. Yeah, so you know, we're fortunate. We've been through many, many things together. I still remember the look of wonderment that we both had on our face when we found that clutch disc in the pile <laughs> of rubbish uh. in France. <laughs> we were in awe of the guy that said, I think I put a clutch disc that still had some life in it into that pile. Well, needless to say, our French wasn't great. And yeah. it had the same spline. And, and we fitted it. And we've not only that, we... We the, fitted the, it while they were at lunch. Yeah, the lathe, the lathe that we had to use to cut, ch change the diameter. Because yeah. the spline was wrong, the diameter was too big. Had a handle on it, yeah. and I cranked it, and you machined it, and yeah. uh, it went into their transporter. And it's, it, it, we knew that we had to be cautious and buy a new clutch plate just in case, but it actually never failed. It, it stays it, in there after. It stayed in there thereafter. Yeah, but you haven't mentioned you blew the clutch up. Uh, well, as as is always, you know. I mean, anything that's negative, you attach to me, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's just the way it was but um the outcome was of course we shared many great memories together yeah. we won a phenomenal number of races uh over the years yeah uh people talk about uh, the achievements at mclaren but they forget all the races that we won before that not yeah. least the one that uh, probably meant most to us both was when we won the the race in uh, Thruxton. Thruxton. With our own team. In our first year, a second race. Indeed, indeed. We went on to win a lot of races in different categories. So, uh, and then everything is history, as they say. Of course. But I think the only thing that we're not going to do anymore is win races which have cars as a participant. But I still think we're going to win some races in different formats, you know, uh, technology races, innovation. Yeah, things that we're both involved in. So, uh, needless to say, I'm on this Zoom to really say uh, a sort of heartfelt thank you for time shared. Yeah, more important, thank you. a strong message to look to the future. Okay, so thank you so much for joining this tonight and uh, it's an honor and we're lifelong friends but here's to the next chapter okay and if you ever need me to do any jobs for you i'm available at an hourly rate <laughs> well, i'm not sure if i can i'm not sure if i can afford you but i'll uh, I'm, I'm sure the outcome the outcome is inevitable okay. cheers uh, Ron. yeah next chapter next chapter okay. have a great have a great future Thank you, Ron. Yeah. Thank you for joining us, Ron. Great to yep. see you. Jenny. Hello. Yeah, hey. On. Hello, stranger. <laughs> How are you? Oh, well, I mean, you haven't been in touch with us at McLaren's for about four years since you left us. So, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm, I was very surprised when I heard that you were retiring. And well, you know, every dog has his day, you know. we. Right. You know, the new guys now, I'm off to other ventures now. This historic cars, yeah. Can't keep up with this modern technology like you guys. Mm -hmm. I think you'll enjoy it a lot. But I was very surprised to hear that you're leaving McLaren because I always thought that you would be there forever and ever. And uh, um, if I ever was popping by that I would come and say hello. But now I'm living abroad, so that's not so easy. Okay. Anymore. All right. Well, thank you for joining tonight. and. It's nice to see you and see you somewhere. Yes. Where? Okay. How's your career? Good? Yes, very good. Thank you. Yeah. And okay. whereabouts are you talking to us from, Jenny? Uh, Switzerland. Lovely. Working for Salba? Yes. No, yes. She moved camps for more money. Well done. How's, you, how's your Swiss or your German? Yeah, sehr good. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
Thank you, Jenny. Thank Good you for joining. Can I just say thanks so much for putting this together, Steve and Angela, uh, whoever, I mean, lots of contributors, but you and Angela are obviously very involved. It's been great, honestly, fantastic, more than I ever um, The main, most amazing thing, when I first spoke to Angela, it must be two months ago, and we started thinking about this idea. You know what our main problem was? Keeping yes. it secret from you. Well, and I had one, one gentleman that rang me. He said, I used to work with Neil, uh, very early days of Rondo. And he said, I was going to ring him and ask him about what you're going to do. And I said, no, no, oh. no, don't do it, don't do it. Um, so uh, anyway, the next bit after, I mean, I'll, I'm always available, available for Brooklyn. So, you know, yeah. I support you and I, you know, I like talking to people, but I am going to do the book. Even though Angel has done a book, I'm also going to do a book and maybe we'll include hers and mine. But I, yeah, I think Ron's doing a book as well. So we're both, um, I hope we tell the same story. Yeah, as long as you both get the same, uh, same stories together. Just to say thank you, Neil, for being, uh, taking part in this tonight. It has been, a, well, I'd like to say it's been a pleasure getting to this point. I did have reservations at about five to seven, but uh, we've got through it as per usual. Angela, when you said, can you do it tomorrow night, Steve? <laughs> um, Angela, you've been a star. Thank you for all the assistance you've given me. Yes. Um, you you need her on your production team, Steve, in the future. She's yeah, absolutely. After this. No, no, don't, don't, don't say that too quickly, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, thank you very much indeed to my team that have put this together. Uh, for Tim and Mark, thank you so much. Uh, be very patient and uh, look after yourselves. And uh, thank you. Hopefully uh, can we'll I, yeah, can I say thank you to all of you? And Mark, you're the coolest guy, never panicked. And uh, even though I'm sure you felt like panicking, but you got us through it. Steve, lovely production. I hope. I look forward to, will I see an edited version? Yeah, of course. Okay. All, All right. right, I hope it goes well. And it's been a lovely evening. Fantastic. And you, everyone. Cheers, yeah. to, cheers to you all. And here's to, Brook here's to Brooklyn's. And to you. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Hey, Neil, can you still hear me? Yeah, careful what you say. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, these guys are amazing. Aren't they got they? you on Zoom. Yes, I know. <laughs> That's quite impressive. Got, got and now They're more magic, magic than you are. <laughs> now we can zoom the kid. It only just. My name is Neil Trundle. I've been with the company this time round since 1985, and I was involved with Ron Dennis in the previous company, Project Four. At the end of '87, Ron Dennis said to me, "Would I be chief mechanic?" And he said, "We've got Honda for '88." and we've got uh, Ayrton joining from Lotus. It's also well documented that the 88 car was a phenomenal car. It had uh, good tyres, it had the two best drivers, it had the best engine, the chassis was fantastic. And again, it, it's well recorded that we finished the car late and went to Imola and we were one and a half, two seconds quicker than the opposition had tested. Uh, we went to Brazil. Uh, to Rio. So the race was at uh, Rio then in 88 and um, of course Ayrton was on pole. You see when Ayrton tightened up the seatbelts and got his head down for pole the, on a one lap there was no one to beat him. He was phenomenal. Where it came from but it, it, it was just instinctive and he would be the first to say that. He, he just let his body react and use every bit of the track. He took chances. He knew, as he often said on a qualifying lap, if anything went wrong, you know, it was risky, but he was right on the edge. Alain was a little bit more cautious. Alain was a great racer, um, you know, the professor, but in qualifying, Ayrton was, was on it. So he was on pole, home race, and um, on the start line, he came up to, he did the parade lap, came up to the start line, uh, put it in gear to do the green uh, flag lap to the start. As he came to the start, just put it in neutral, waiting for the lights, put it in gear, and the gear lever broke in his hand. 
So he put his hand up and there was massive panic. Ron Dennis jumped over the barrier with Barry Autohan and they tried to cut away and see what was wrong, but they couldn't. So he hadn't leapt out of the car. They wheeled it off. The, the lights went out, the race started. Ayrton, meanwhile, ran over in the garage to get the spare car. Went out the pits last. Within five, six laps, he was picking off the back markers. And I think he could have won the race. He was just on fire, you know. When, you see that in drivers when they get this last bit of determination, but he was, he was on it. And, um, and then they black flagged him because he'd started from the pit lane. So that was the first home Grand Prix that he didn't get. 90 was the first race in Sao Paulo, and that will stay in my memory forever because he was on pole in his hometown, sitting on the grid, and you, the crowd, you could feel the ground moving, chanting, chanting, right next to us. They were at the fence and we were working on the car. You couldn't hear anything. It was phenomenal. And, you know, the hair stood up in the back of your neck. Lovely atmosphere. So it wasn't till 91 that he got his first home win. And he did the last 10 laps with sixth gear, and it started to rain, and uh, Patrese was catching him. But the more rain came down, he started to get away from Patrese. It just with one gear.